0: Our friends at Detroit Boxing Company have done it again. Newer t-shirts, newer hoodies, newer hats, all comfy and will help you look fly as hell. Trust me, I love this product. It's something that I use. I love the t-shirts. I love the hoodie. And I love the people that work there. TJ is a fantastic person. And he puts out some really high quality stuff. So if you want some new gear, to work out in, to look fly in, to look hella dope in, check them out at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the code word CoryCast all one word, to save yourself a little moolah at checkout. That's DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Code word CoryCast. Don't forget, the podcast is available on YouTube as well as Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, all the apps that are out there for podcatchers as well as YouTube. It is available. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, and leave me a comment. And if you are listening at home, don't forget, leave me a review. It would be amazing if you could tell me what you think about the podcast and hit that subscribe button. Now... I will stop begging for your love and affection because this episode is with my good friend Jay Grow. What I love about Jay is he is the most genuine, authentic person that I've met. He is a fantastic real estate agent out of the Utica uh, market area, and he is just such a joy to talk to. Every time I get a chance to talk to him, I feel like I've learned something new from him, and. This conversation really kept with that beat, and man, I just had so much fun talking to Jay. I haven't seen him in a couple months, and it was just really nice to hear more about his business and how he runs things, and I hope you find this very informative. Here is my friend Jay Grow. Because I know you're on a team with real estate. Sure. Do you, is that why you use a team? So you have a bunch of like great people to help lean on for stuff like that?
1: I have teams both up here and down there. Yeah. So it it really, when you're, when you're a dual city agent, you know, it's almost impossible to effectively run your real estate business without some great trust. I mean, I have amazing people in both locations such that, you know, when something pops up down in DC, I don't have to hop in a car and drive seven hours to, to go show a house.
0: Oh my God. That is yeah. so cool. I didn't know you were licensed in two different states.
1: I'm licensed in five states, my friend.
0: Dude, why? Why so many? Um, is it because he travels all over the place?
1: Well, it had originally, the, the first one had to do with my own desires to actually just open an office in Florida. So I went down and got licensed in Florida because my one of my best friends moved down there. And when she left, she she called me and she's like, listen to me, Jay. She lives in the Florida panhandle. She was the realtors down here are exactly like the realtors up there in central New York. She goes, the average age is 60, 65 years old. She goes, they don't know what they're doing. She goes, I think you'd meet with some pretty great success uh, down there. So I went nice. and got licensed down there. And I don't actually transact much business. For for a few years, I did. And then uh, that sort of tapered off. As, as my When my husband moved down to the D.C. metro area, It was it was a pretty – Pretty simple decision to say, all right, well, even though it's one of the hottest and most competitive markets in the country, hey, it'll just be icing on the cake. And it gives me an excuse. When you're a workaholic, you probably understand this. When you're a workaholic, hey, any excuse to go visit your husband that also works with the, hey, I'm doing work is great. So I ended up getting licensed in D.C., Maryland, and um, Virginia so that I can transact business in the metro Arlington area.
0: That's pretty wild. That's cool. And how how is would you say is real estate different transaction wise from here to Florida?
1: It's okay. It is totally different. Even, holy crap! When when you know when you go to like Hannacon or you probably actually have have you been to major real estate conferences yet?
0: Uh, I just went to the one that was in uh,
1: <clears throat> Pittsburgh. You went to the one in Pittsburgh, yeah. right? So as you get more into the business, and I've been with several you know really big franchises throughout my career one of the things you realize very quickly is that central New York is one of the most difficult areas in the entire nation to transact real estate. And it oh. is, oh yeah, oh yeah. You picked a great area to get yourself going, Corey, just saying. <laughs> it is because we are an attorney closed state and central New York, and, and I'm speaking particularly in Utica, um, in, in my market is actually an attorney dominated an attorney, um, you know, strangleholded area, uh, we are completely at the mercy of attorneys, whereas all the all of the other states that I'm licensed in are transaction company states. So when you mm-hmm. turn in a file, you turn it into a transaction company that handles all of the legal minutiae from start to finish. And their mm-hmm. only job is to get your deal closed. Ah. So when I did my first sale in the Metro Arlington area, it was great. I turned in the file to our, our closing coordinator and it said I think it was May 18th was when I turned it in. And I think the closing was June 18th. Well, she goes, okay, well, we'll see you at the closing. And I said, well, just let me know when it's ish going to be and, you know, keep me posted when it gets scheduled. I'll come down. And she's like, well, just put it in your calendar now. It's scheduled for June 18th. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, what." huh are you yeah. serious and yeah. literally on june 19th the thing closed on june 20th i got paid so it's <laughs> it is completely different than right. what we deal with in upstate new york cory
0: wow that's cool do you think you could we would ever see new york shift into something like that no i think
1: yeah. you have to remember new york
0: <laughs> is new an york animal is- because you have all different types of areas
1: Exactly. And yeah. in our state, attorneys, you have to remember, I mean, New York was was the home of the mafia. So we yeah, are that's right. We are a very attorney dominated state area, especially in our area, your area too. When you go out to, out to other major metropolitan areas, said the Metro Arlington area, and you find out that your friend is an attorney, okay, down there, they get patted on the head because that's a respectable job. Okay. In the metro Arlington area, being an attorney is a respectable job. In our area, being an attorney is the end-all, be-all. If you're an attorney, you're a god. You you have control. You make all the money. You make all the decisions. Well, when you move to another area that's bigger than central New York, an attorney is just a – patch you on the head. Wow.
0: Yeah, so that's – really- that's interesting that it's like, yeah. that. that's how the My And when she moved to Tennessee, she moved from here to, to around Nashville. And yep. she says the same thing. 30 days start to finish. You yep. put the day on the on the, the contract and that's that's the day you're going to close. And that's here true. in New York, I'm like, I don't know, Karen, we're two weeks out. I don't have a date yet, but we did get the clear to close. So we should have it soon. Yep. It's like it's just like a, such a different thing. When, when, I tell
1: people, when I go to uh, like some national conferences, what I explain to people is I, I liken it to a pregnancy due date. You know, yep. was, your son, was your son born on time?
0: Nope. Yep. Nope. How late was he? Uh, he was actually three weeks early. Oh, even different. Yeah. That, rarely. Early. that never happens in a real estate transaction. Exactly. Closing exactly. never happens
1: three weeks early. So yeah, I explain to people it's just like a pregnancy due date. It's a target. It's an approximation. But the reality is we're not going to close on that date. You know, the right. baby's never born on that date. I think I have one friend whose baby popped out exactly on time. After that, <laughs> they're usually late. I'm surprised that yours was early. Um, yeah. But three weeks early, there you go. Right. So it's, it's all with, with upstate New York. I do tell people it is, it is a managing expectations uh, yep. area. I said, mm. I, I, I was dealing with a, talking to a woman from the Newport Beach area of California. And she said, Jay. Because your average closing is around 80 days. I said, Yeah, that back then this was our our average closing was 83 days. This was a few years ago. And she goes, How do you keep your clients happy? I said, I don't. I don't. (laughs) We are we are literally a managed expectation state. I believe in being completely forthcoming and keeping them informed, but very rarely are my clients happy with the length of the process. They are always they always, uh, you know, praise our communication and our constant updating and, you know, the process. But they will say, no, should a real estate deal take 83 days to close? Hell no.
0: <laughs>
1: but do they? Hell yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that how they're different. But how are they? How are all these different markets similar? Well,
1: here's, here's the great thing. People are people. All across mm-hmm. the country, so you still have those same personality types that you get to deal with. You yep. get it's just on a different scale. You know, when your right. average sale price is six hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars, it's a whole nother ball of wax than our area, which is averaging around two hundred thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. But Corey, you're still dealing. Uh, the majority of my clients are military transfers, so right. they're you know they're they're young, they're late twenties, early thirties and they're buying 700,000 dollar homes. So yeah. you still for me it's it's a complete cultural shift because you're sitting yeah. there thinking how the hell can this 30-year-old kid who his wife is a nurse, he's a a lieutenant, what, what's a what's a good honor like a a, a lieutenant, okay? So he's a yeah. lieutenant and, and I don't know what they're making but they're not they're not baller at this phase yet. They're just some right. average dudes. $700,000. $700,000. $700, I'm like, Gina, I couldn't afford $700,000. I know how much me and my husband make, but damn. <laughs> it's It's a whole, and, and Steve and I are starting that hunt for a place down there. So when we go to open houses, dude, it, it blows my mind. You know, houses that are in in good, reputable neighborhoods, like let's just, like pick one of those like cute little subdivisions, you know, over in Baldwinsville or over in like you can average nice little subdivision, right? Right. One point three million dollars and, and oh and my I, god. We're looking at this house going, This is three hundred and fifty thousand dollars every day in upstate New York. This yeah. is it is the the the, the, the Shock of pricing is just right. insane,
0: right? And I don't think many people here uh, in Central New York realize how like affordable housing is right now. Like sure. compared to the rest of the area, like you could still get a, a great house for two hundred thousand and not spend seven hundred thousand. Absolutely,
1: but to you know, see One thing, Corey, I will I will say to that: a, a lot of people really do equate purchase price to affordability but when you leave upstate new york and let's say you're you're purchasing a house in the the, the, the mid state section of virginia okay your average price is going to be 350-400 500000 but your taxes yeah the taxes 2500 a year 3000 a year 3500 in the metro arlington area the taxes are still pretty astronomical but as you head to other areas of virginia other areas of maryland The difference in payment isn't as drastic because Uh, their taxes, you know, in our area, a two hundred thousand dollar house is gonna have six to seven thousand dollars in taxes. Well, down there, a five hundred thousand dollar house may only have twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars in taxes.
0: So I hope a lot of people's minds are getting blown right now.
1: Affordability. Yeah, affordability in upstate New York is affected by the fact that you know we right along with Jersey and these other close to us states, the tax structure is a little more painful. I had uh, I just had a a client who they're moving up with Chobani, so they're an they're an executive with with the Greek yogurt company that's that's located out of about thirty minutes outside of Utica, and he called me up and he was just the the coolest dude, and he's got this. Thick southern twang. He's like, Hey, Jay, I got your name from so and so at Chabani," And he's selling his $780,000 house down in Texas. And uh, he's got a $780,000 budget because he wants to keep his, you know, his payments about the same. So, you know, yours truly is like, Yeah, $700,000 sale. We got this. You know, I'm having my little party. He comes up here and I show him probably five $700,000 houses. And he looks at me and he's like, Holy shit, Jay. And I mean, like shit was literally like shit. It was <laughs> He's like, Jay, my house in Texas is $780,000. He goes, had $3,000 a year in taxes. He goes, my the houses you're showing me have $24,000 a year in taxes. He's like, Jay- I can't afford a $780,000 house up there. He ended up buying a $350,000 house with thirteen yep. thousand dollars a year in taxes, because in the end, that was his range of affordability. His mind was utterly blown. He said, how <laughs> the hell did you you New Yorkers do it? And I said, ah, we're just used to it.
0: You yeah. Know? Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Oh,
1: yeah. It's wild. I have a, a, a 1,300 square foot split level. Okay, it's nothing fancy. It hasn't been reassessed probably in in thirty years, and my taxes on this are six thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. There's there's nothing great about my house. It's really yeah. basic. <laughs> but what can we do?
0: All right, We're, we do love what, being here. What what market do you think you spend the most time in?
1: Oh, definitely. See, you got, Corey, I've been in this market for 15 years. Ah. The business comes to me now. I don't really have to work for it down there. I mean, J grow is an unknown quantity, not to mention there are 28,000 agents in my MLS. Do
0: you spend other time in other avenues or do you really put all your eggs in one basket up here? It's well,
1: I'm going to stare at my husband. My husband wants me to put my eggs down in that basket. Oh, gotcha. Um, Because he sees, I mean, I I only did six or so sales down there and it literally was like $4.5 million or almost, I actually want to say almost $6 million. I forgot about the one. It was a ton of business, dude. Yeah. It was easy up here. Yeah. You know, we're, we're pumping out sales. It's like a a loss, but still when your average sale, our average sales about what yours is about 172, $75,000. You have to do a hundred of those a year, (laughs) what I want to produce. Whereas down there, Hey, so he really wants me to switch that up. I struggle because business here is easy. It comes to me. I'm a very known quantity in my market. So, you know, you say the name Jay grow and people might say, Oh, he's a jerk. I hate him, but they know who I am (laughs) down there. You know, I am one of 30 realtors and 30,000 realtors. And frankly, the things that you do up here, that the innovative marketing, the the fun, you, you clearly bring a lot of verve to your to your uh, to your sales and energy to your sales. Well, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the agents down there do that. So yeah, I really am comfortable being a bigger fish in a smaller pond than being yeah. literally a minnow in the ocean down there. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. And when you first, uh, so you have been in it for how long? Fifteen years. 15 years. What was it like those first few years that you had started? What were you
1: expecting? It was, you know, Corey, I got into real estate. I fell into real estate. Um, I went to, uh, I got right into it after I graduated because I had college loans that I actually couldn't afford to pay off. So I was working two jobs. I was working as a teacher and a bartender. Wasn't, Wasn't able to make any headway with my grad school So I was going to grad school. I was, you know, trying, I was making $27,000 a year as a teacher. And I ended up with about $212,000 in student loan debt. Cause I went straight through, I did a master's degree. I did a doctoral degree. I I have a a bunch of expensive bachelors. So what happened was I was struggling. I had about a $2,000 ish a month student loan payment that I couldn't do. So my first few years in real estate, I was part-time while I was uh, selling real estate, I was also doing group fitness, um, getting a lot of business through that. So it was, it was great, because 15 years ago, you know, I was in my early 20s, I was a completely unknown quantity. And the things that I was doing are the things that everybody does today. Like so what? 15 years ago, I was staging, I was doing videos, I was doing professional photography. Um, and I love those things back then were completely unheard of people will people People were still taking pictures with a a little digital camera with a 3.0 megapixel lens and, you know, things just – nobody cared about what a property looked like because back then the market was smoking hot anyway, just like it is today. But there weren't as many realtors in the mix. So I was this complete firebrand at that phase. I, I revolutionized kind of what was happening in our area. Now, the stuff that I do, obviously, I mean, I would say 90% of the realtors in our market use professionals, focus on staging, you know, do videos in some way, shape or form and do social media posts. So back then, I was totally innovative. Now, the majority of competent realtors in our market are doing what I did.
0: Right, right. And that was just when you had first started, You you were very intent on like hiring the professionals to do that kind of thing.
1: Well, you know, I realized really early on, Corey, that there are some things that I'm really great at. And like, like I believe genuinely that my eye for, uh, for home design and staging really is vastly above average. So I can make a house look fantastic. Um, but I also realized that my camera skills, they're not. you know, <laughs> I, I, I can, I, I can, I know what I want to shoot. But I don't understand the, the 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 rolly of the lens, the the macro, micro, the 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 features. Shit, that's not yeah. my jam. Yeah, that's not my jam. So for <laughs> me, I was like, well, let's let somebody else do that. And I, I had a friend who was into into making videos, and he was just like, dude. He showed me some of the videos that he did, and I was like, this blows my mind. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, you know, I can sort of do a video. He can really do a video. So early wow. on, I just realized, hell, and it it blew me up, wow. like literally, dude. I, I I'm the son of a teacher and a carpenter. I didn't my my family's. I, I we didn't come from lots of money. I didn't come from lots of influence. So what I found was that a combination of you know me being single, bored, and and a workaholic. I, mean, I was working a hundred hours a week. I was yeah. doing open houses Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday afternoon. Doing oh. – oh, yeah, dude, because I realized my strength is in person. I, when yeah. people meet me, they, they either hate me or they love me. That's much. a
0: true fact. It's a true yeah. fact. You have this infectious glow about you, Jay.
1: Well, you're such a doll. You have an infectious glow about you right now, <laughs> think That's your ring light. <laughs> um, but so what I did was I said, hell, you know, I'm going to work my buns off. But then I'm also going to play to my strengths, which is giving me time to get in front of people where, and let somebody else take pictures of my house and spend hours editing them. Let somebody else do videos of my houses and spend time. So I became known as the guy when I was I was at a, a local discount brokerage for a year, I think. About a year. When you first started? Um, it was my third company. I've been to six, seven companies in, in my time. And, um, my third company was a discount brokerage and I actually, they got a call and, uh, they said, Hey, I, I want that the kid that does the videos. And, uh, so that was, I mean, an interesting thing is I became known as that, that kid that did the video marketing and it, cool. it was great. It blew me up. You know,
0: if you could tell young 20 year old Jay, just getting in the real estate business, a piece of advice that, you know, now, what would it be?
1: I would have encouraged young 21 year old Jay to have skipped college entirely. I mean, dude, this is, and this is silly, but you do not need a degree to transact real estate. Right. And I did not, I was not one of those kids that like went underwent a, a huge spiritual growth during college. I mean, I, I started out in high school as a bubbly perky happy guy and i came out of college a bubbly perky happy guy with a shit ton a metric shit ton <laughs> oh, of student debt yeah. so when i went to high school my if you were in the certain portion of uh, your your graduating class you could go to the local community college which is an excellent college for free so i had oh, an wow. opportunity because I, of where i graduated to go to mv for free i would have just gone done an associate's degree and gotten into real estate four years earlier. And I, I would be 19 years into it right now and sitting pretty because I didn't have to pay off $200,000 in debt. So right. I really think nowadays, and this is, this is my take just on, on education in general, is we really as a society need to sit down and say, okay, where is the value in that education Do you, if you're going for a four year vacation, you know, God bless you. And I hope that mommy and daddy are forking over the cash, the Um, cash, the The cash, because nowadays, dude, my intern, uh, my last intern is going to George Washington University right now. Sweet kid. We keep in touch with him all the time. He, the George Washington University was $83,000 for his first year, 83, a year, a Uh, yeah. Yeah. Corey, that's what we said. Now he, he got scholar. He got a, a fabulous scholarship. Okay. Right. But he brought it in and he calls me. He's like, Jay, I got $60,000 a year to go to GGW. We came in. I was like, that's awesome. That's amazing. I said, you're going to get money back. And he looks at me, and goes, no, 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 Jay, we have to find 23 more thousand dollars. Like. We literally sat there and we applied for, you know, forty five thousand more dollars in grants and loans and this so that he could afford the eighty three thousand dollar tuition bill. Now, this oh. kid wants to go into social media marketing, Corey. So oh. what's he going to make coming out of school? Forty, fifty yeah. at the most. And he's going to saddle himself with eighty. He took out $20,000 $20, in loans to make the first year work. Now, given that most kids are graduating college in over four years now, he's probably going to have $100,000 in debt when he walks out the door.
0: Yeah, that's so much. Oh my God, it's that's so, so scary. We,
1: as, a, as a culture, we keep pushing the, the higher education system on these students, on these kids. And you know what? I've got it, my, my intern this year, entirely different story. He is a young, uh, he's a basketball star locally. He is this very coachable 17-year-old. Actually, he turned 18 today. Happy birthday, Kyle. Happy Um, birthday, Kyle. He is 90% through his online real estate course. He already has, um, because he's been working with me on it since October. He already has 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 people on his contact list. Names, emails, phone numbers. Nice. He already has his first listing ready to go for February. Wow. So this kid at 18 with zero debt is coming yep. in. He, he knew he didn't want or need college to be successful. He is saving probably a hundred to $200,000 and getting into the work world four years ahead of time. So I think that's one of the big failings in our education system right now right?
0: yeah we're, we're yeah that's like it's the running joke is the same uh i went to school i just went to community college i saved myself so much money but yeah i was an art student and that was the joke when you're an art student is like everybody's looking around going why are we doing this yeah. what? i want to paint why am i why am i doing <laughs> oh this
1: college yeah mm-hmm.
0: exactly yeah i i'm a geochemist by training dude really
1: i do nothing with my degrees zero okay? I have absolutely zero. My degrees are in geochemistry, modern languages and linguistics. Okay. So yes, I, I had, a, I have a, a, a client today who I was speaking Russian with. No. Oh, so great. You, how many other languages do you know? Um, well now it's, it's really hard for me to say that I used to be able to speak with near native fluency, six languages. Um, it's what? really down to, you, you could ask my husband the last time we went to the Dominican. How'd I do Steve? <laughs> Papien, i i did okay i did okay how uh, how do you
0: keep all of that straight <laughs> That's,
1: it's, dude it, it's it's one of my like one of the crazy things about my brain certain things i am i am dumber than a box of rocks okay you can i, I never remember like dates or the things i said okay mm. if, if if i if i white lie literally my husband is like um, to don't even bother because you're going to forget it. Like you're going to get <laughs> off. Like I can't, I can't white lie yep. because I forget what I said. Yep. But if you ask me to, to speak, to speak French, and when I go to France, people will, will say like my intonation, uh, my, my speak, my spoken word is spoken with near native, uh, intonation, fluency, uh, that sort of thing. I'm a very musical person. And so I, my brain understands tonality. It oh. understands intonation. Um, it doesn't, like I said, understand how to cross a road in a major metropolitan area. <laughs> you get run over. But <laughs> when I speak a language, I literally can pick on, I can pick up uh, intonation like like a crazy fool. If I'm speaking English with some of my Eastern European clients, I actually had one client look at me once and just. says, are you mocking me? I said, what? She goes, you're speaking with an accent right now. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't even notice it.
0: Yeah. Um, it
1: just, my brain just flips into, wow. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Wow, yeah. So we went off, we went off a giant rail. Oh, uh, school. School not necessary cool. for other people who might want to go to uh, trades. I remember I could probably probably in the numbers of like higher than Twenty times throughout high school, people said go to college to me. Back in two thousand nine, yep. And never once did anybody just say you could check out welding. Yeah, you could do that. You could be yeah. a barber too. There's that option. Yep. You could do this. You could do that. But it was always just a push for for college.
1: Well, and Corey, that was and that was my family too. Oh. I was I was planning on going into the air force. Um, I wanted to be a linguist. And at that point in high school, I, I was I was very fortunate. I was able to take French, Spanish, and Russian in high school. So I came to the college concept and and just said, Hey, my parents, my dad was military anyway. So we already had a, a good background and a good support network in that. And the Air Force was going to send me to California. I was going to learn Arabic, which given that's my, my background, um, that's is cool. they were going to teach me Arabic. They were going to really focus on the Russian. Uh, they were going to enhance my Spanish. They were going to, it was fabulously attractive and at i got through the whole thing took the test did the physical crap did the at the signing my father my father the air force guy literally stood in front of me and just said now jason i just want you to think about this because you are and i was i was a brain i was very book smart and I, my grades were great he's like you could write your own ticket to college and I didn't sign the dotted line, and instead I went and amassed a sadistic amount of student loans. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm a real estate agent. Whoopsie right. bargain do. So I really uh, – to the point where this is – before Steve uh, got his job down in the, the metro Arlington area, I was in the middle of opening a essentially a trade school. Uh, here oh. in the Central New York area, um, we had everything set. the The space was done. We were planning a calendar, and it was it was focusing on providing uh, young men and women with that link between the BOCES program in high school and a uh, like a trade program at a community college. I wanted something in between that, whereby you know, local like our electricians union would come in and teach kids the skills that they need to get a job as an electrician in our area, but not be a two year program because I do tend to find a lot of these, a lot of these kids now that are really gifted in the trades do not do well in a traditional school environment. So my, my thesis when I was a, a doctoral candidate was on the miseducation of, of young men in society. And it was, all about how we're not giving students nowadays the ability to manipulate things and play with things and explore things. We're literally just telling them Here, here's a PowerPoint, learn from me. I'm speaking to you. Well, here's the
0: notes, write it down.
1: Here's the notes, write it down. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't, I actually shouldn't say that. I learn very well that way because I can just internalize it and spit it back. But so many of my friends who are who frankly make more money than I do right now, um, in in the trades, one of my friends is a Mason. Okay. He he sucked in school because yeah. all he wanted to do was go out and, and throw concrete on shit and make it look good. Well, yeah. Now the dude literally like runs circles around me financially. He's killing it and he does gorgeous work. Well, right. he would have never been successful in a traditional college environment. Right. But this program that I was working on was, you know, it was a, a half a year program and you'd leave with a certificate and contacts within like the, let's say working with the electricians concept. Again, you'd have contacts in the electricians union so that you could start to get apprenticeships or you could start to get jobs.
0: Is this so, what you're going to do in the Utica area?
1: So This, this was, yeah, the, the, the school was going to be located in the Utica area. It is on, it's one of those J plans. It's on the back burner right now, uh, yeah. just because again, when Steve got his job down in, in Arlington, I committed to getting my license down there. That subsequently there's only twenty four hours in a day. You get yep. it there, Mr. Super Dad, slash you know, MMA instructor, slash real estate agent, slash you <laughs> Dude, know. I wear
0: so many I got so many hobbies, but they're all I like know. I just like to dip my toe. Like I suck at all of them. So oh, yeah, you
1: yeah, you clearly <laughs> suck at all of them. Well and what you'll what you'll realize. Sorry and this is just the veteran agent in me, is that you just have to find the right balance. Well and that's, that's where I'm, I, I, I had to say there's no way I can throw 25 percent of my energy into the trade school yeah. when 25 percent of my energy needs to be in Arlington, Virginia, growing a real estate business. yeah so you, you only have so many hours in a day right I would love. To get to the phase where I really could pursue that that sort of dream of mine of, of helping the young population realize that college is not for everyone and giving them a platform to really jumpstart their careers and and help them be successful. And this is, I shouldn't say just young people. I mean, the trades right now, Corey, are in desperate they need desperate, people. desperate needs. I mean, if you've done, have you done any interior renovations to your house lately?
0: Um yeah actually the uh uh we had the roof done this year and we got the front steps done and mm-hmm. both of those guys were booked out for months cuz they had so much work and not enough workers case in point right there you yep. know i i have i have a pretty good team of
1: contractors cuz you know we we do a lot of real estate flipping and even my guys will tell me oh jay you know i can't get to your project for 3 months you know i have to oh. book my guys as soon as i find the house before we're under contract, before we 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 are not even deal accepted yet. Right? Wow! And I am telling them, hey guys, uh, I need you in March. We're gonna close right. on a house in February. I need to get my permits in February, but I need you in March. And they'll look at me; they'll be like, "Wow." Well, you know, you do feed my family. Uh, <laughs> you <are> my biggest <laughs> referral source. So yes, I guess I can push so and so back eight weeks.
0: Do that's why. Project. That's when you look them in the eye and you say, yeah. And I will take that food from their mouth if they, if you don't help me. Oh, <laughs> I,
1: I had that happen this year. I've, I've never no, had, no, I've no. never had anyone say that to me, but one of my, one of my lender partners, um, I'm trying to figure out a knife where you say this. One of my lender partners who is also one of my like homies. Okay. BFF bought a house from another realtor. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. And the problem is the other realtor is a friend of both of ours. So I couldn't even get mad. Like I couldn't even be like, my guy's on deck. I'd be like, yeah, we hang out with him. He's a great dude. I was, I was out of town. House came up. They didn't think about it. So, you know, I very nicely sat him down over sushi and uh, I just told him, well, listen, I'm a very calm. I know this might come as a shock. I am a very calm person. Like I don't we don't, my husband and I don't fight. I don't, my, I don't generally get elevated. So I very calmly looked at him and I said, well, so-and-so I said, you chose to use a different agent to buy your house. And I respect that. And I still love you. I said, so now I am choosing to take my business elsewhere for right now. And he looks at me and his like, his, his face just blanched. And he looks at me and he's like, and all I got was you, he stood up, and he's like, You are taking food out of my children's mouths. <laughs> and I looked at him and he left. And there was one, well, there's another couple. There's a couple sitting across from us. And he the guy looked over and he goes, Lover's fat. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> muscle manos, you know, more or less. <laughs> but I mean, that's the first time I've ever had anybody like give me that. You're taking food from my kids' mouths. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it it did ultimately work. You know, a couple <laughs> of apologies later. And, you know, some, some forgiveness uh, later. But I, I it's true. We as realtors, we are fortunate because we get to we really do get to feed people's families. I mean, not only do we find people houses, but yeah. my contractors, if you're good to me, my contractors literally get people call you as a realtor and say, hey, Jay, I want someone to do my bathroom. OK, here's my guy. You come with instant credibility as a realtor because right. even if you've never remodeled a damn thing in your house, you're still the house god to yeah. your your clients. Right. So they always call you. Well, that's why we all have our our black book of, of The go tos. Go tos.
0: Who's my electrician? Uh, I got to flip through the book. Oh, here he is. Hey, here he is. Yeah. Oh, always says goodbye to the clients. He's going to do right by you. Exactly. Exactly. So how have you built your team? Like how many, I would say, let's start with how many people work with you on your team here in, in New York. Okay. So interesting.
1: Um, I actually um, basically folded up my team a couple of years ago because I, it was just, it was too much. I took on a lot of uh, young little guys. And they had a lot of, they came with a lot of emotional baggage. And uh. I am the type of person who gets sucked into that. I, mm. I, love, I love helping people. So I would get sucked into it. Emotionally, it was very draining. Physically, it was very draining. Time-wise, it was very draining. So I said, ah, you know what? My business was undergoing a little bit of a revolution anyway. And I did a lot of research into it. Um, Spoke to a lot of people about it, and you know one of one of our agents, Bob McTagg, was actually very very helpful in helping me Mm -hmm. to kind of frame my team properly. So I gave up on the team, and just last year started going again with it. Um, I've always had an admin, and I my my business, and this is this is to God's honest truth, my business ebbs and flows with the strength of my lead admin. You know, if I have a great lead admin, my business is rocking, everything is rolling, and they nice and smooth. Oh, they will up my production thirty percent without even batting an eyelash. Wow. Whereas if I have a weak admin, my production stays the same or drops. So, and it's this, and then basically what I do is I I really focus. I was a you know high school and college athlete. I very much believe in the the team structure that sort of Gary Keller throws out there. He said, don't don't grow a team until you're ready to grow your team and give each person a very specific detailed role. Uh, We don't have any we didn't when I formed a team, didn't have but we had one team in the area. And he is an icon as far as real estate goes. Um, Mm -hmm. And his team, his team structure is more like a mini brokerage within a brokerage Um, he's the rainmaker and everyone else brings business to the table too but there's no like really defined roles except they have a a fabulous admin um it was different what i wanted was jay's here jay handles this jay's buyer's agent is over here he only does buyers he or she only does buyers Jay's admin is here they only focus on getting our clients and keeping our clients happy, you know? So I, right now um we we are growing. Uh, I have, I've had a, uh, 2021 was a, a great year for me to sit back and really look at my business and say, where do I want to go again? Nice. With hubby, I like that. Oh yeah. With hubby leaving the area. I mean, this, this just happened in January of this year. So he worked oh, wow. in Albany prior to that, which was fine because he would commute back and forth on the weekends. Now, he's in DC. Well, that, that has caused me to really say, hey, I need to work on the team down there too, which means that I need to have a better team structure up here. So we brought on uh, a great buyer's agent, but a different buyer's agent than traditionally. Usually I'd bring on, a, a, like I said, a, a young buck, a, a, a lovely young man or woman who had the time, had the energy, was new to the business, and in the end, like I said, sometimes they would work. My current buyer's agent is my age. Okay, he has a, a beautiful wife. And is that twenty-five? Yes, <laughs> ten. Um, so Steeds he's in
0: the seat, rolling his eyes.
1: Yes, he's rolling his eyes, and uh, he's he he owns a a restaurant in the area. So real estate. He's a dual career agent. It's a totally different world working with him because. He has a structured amount of time for real estate. He has a structured, he has a very structured contact list. He, when asked to lead generate, literally can post something on Instagram and people are going to talk to him about real estate because he has a huge following because of his restaurant. Um, He owns a a really cool grilled cheese and compound butter restaurant. It's a very like hipster kind of funky little cafe.
0: That's what I'm about.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. His Insta profile, his Insta following is massive, like utterly massive. He's growing on TikTok. His Facebook profile is fabulous. So he is my guy and his role is simply to handle my buyers now. And that's all he does. So he doesn't even lead generate really yet. He just focuses on handling my buyers. I had my admin leave in June. He got a better job. And i I have yet to hire because I've always a believer in, in in slow to hire, quick to fire, so I've interviewed several people, haven't loved them, finally found a candidate that I loved, made him a job offer just before Christmas, waiting to hear back. So we have normally one agent as a buyer's agent and my admin, and that's all I've traditionally had Corey. I, I've never had huge teams. We always have been very high volume because I do not want an agent to sit around and languish on my team. I want them to be busy, 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 busy. My buyer's agent right now has eight pending, which is really not bad at all for December, January with as a buyer's agent. You're not even the team lead. You're the buyer's agent. So he's rocking and rolling. And I don't want another person until he's gotten to that phase where he's like, whoa, Jay, I need some help. So we are just, uh, we are just now actually bringing on onboarding our intern.
0: Nice, Uh,
1: Yeah. Because uh, Sharon, my buyer's agent is opening a second location for his restaurant. So he has said, Jay, I may, you know, have to step back a little bit January, February, March, April, while we launch the, um, Launch the new restaurant. So, given I'm a very goal-oriented person, so I said, "Okay, our goal is to uh, exceed twenty million this year." Well, if he's out of the, if he's out of the picture, I, said, I need someone else. So I've got my very trainable, very coachable basketball star of a of a you know intern who stepping
0: I'm in not, right at the perfect time,
1: stepping in right at the perfect time. So yeah. we are we are growing but I grow very carefully because I don't want, like I see a lot of these big teams and they're bragging about their production. But when your team lead is spending $5,000 a month on Zillow to get leads and they've got six, four or five, four or five, six agents that they're feeding and they're only doing 30 million. What's your individual agents production? I mean, my goal is to always have my individual agents producing between six and 8 million. So, Hey, they need, you need to be able to feed them as many leads as possible in order to make that work.
0: So when you go into this new year, how are you setting your goals for, for this coming year? My
1: goal is to do 20 million, uh, in upstate New York and 10 million in the Metro Arlington area. So how
0: do you come to that? Those figures?
1: I look at where I my my production ranges uh on a really horrible year 12 million on a great my best years were 25 to 28 million. So essentially what I do is I always look at those say where is my mental state right now. Um 2021 dude for me was was I'm going to be honest a completely awful year. I uh, I got into a car crash in um late December of 2020. Uh it was a little dramatic. I may have broken several bones and ended up sitting in a chair for six weeks with broken arms and broken hands. And I may have had some legal things that had to do according with that car crash. So I started off the year completely in a funk. Yeah, completely. And it literally took in August, Caroline, you know, or my manager was like, dude, Jay grow is back. Like I did 21. Pended in August.
0: Like, oh, a boy.
1: Dude, dude. It was, let me just say, November was a really great month for the Jay Grow team. Um, All right. So it took me a, until August to really get back into the swing of things. So this year I said, okay, I have got a great buyer's agent in Sharon. I have got a great buyer's agent onboarding in Kyle. So I said, okay, if there's three of us, I have a potentially fabulous admin coming on board in 20, in January 2022 in Nate. So I look and say okay, all things considered, if I have a team of two agents, one leader and one admin, okay? I'd like to say 5 million each should not be out of the picture. You know, and in our area the the top team, I think he does about 40 And then after that, it's the rest of the the top teams are doing between 15 and 25. So I say, I would like to be back there. You know, at one point, you know, I was consistently the second highest producer in our market. And over time that shifted as more agents came in and this and that. And like I said, 2021 was a rough year for us. I was happy to be on the top 25. Okay. But I want to be back with the team kind of towards that higher, uh, that higher spot. So I said, well, Let's see if we can do 20 million for 2022. 5 million each person on the team. okay Nate, my, my admin would not be expected to produce. Um, right. but what I'm basically saying is he's freeing up time for me to go out and produce you know 15 million on my own and allow you know, Kyle to grow into it. Sharon who's also brand new. I mean he, he's been in real estate two years. So allow them both to continue their growth. And say, hey, for 2022, 20 million is our goal, and then for 2023, 25 million is our goal, and for 2024, 30 million is our goal. Ultimately, to like, if you if you read Keller Williams uh, Gary Keller's books, eventually, what he says is that you know y- you do tend to outgrow your area. Mm. You know you can you can only do one of two things to increase your commission income. You can either increase the amount of sales that you do, or you could increase the the price of your sales. Right. Right. So, if you as an agent can't increase, there's only so much you can increase the volume of sales that you have. And in an area where our average sale has jumped hugely in the last three years, um, but we're still a little low relative to the rest of the country, you have to look and say, okay, does it make more sense for us to put our eggs, you know, some eggs in this basket, but also move to an area where your average price is $697,000 like the Metro Arlington area.
0: Yeah. or like skinny Atlas, right?
1: Or like skinny Atlas. I've had several people say, Jay, you need to grow into the Albany market or into the the Syracuse market. And I said, yeah, but like I said, with hubby now being, I'm sorry, I'm pointing to him this way because he's sitting over there on the couch. But um, with hubby being in Arlington, it just makes sense for me to try and grow uh, a little bit down there. And I have, uh, I have a delightful team in the works down there. I have a an agent who is relatively new. He handles all of my buyers that I can't get down there for. And I have an agent who is about to get licensed and she owned a, uh, owned a very successful company down in the DC metro area. She's very well known. She is frankly a, a little older um, and she's a well-known quantity. So I have her onboarding down there so i have a great structure right now uh up here for success and down there for success
0: that's badass did now you said like most of your business is uh like self-producing right like the uh referral right Mm -hmm. you got a lot of referrals now yeah how do you continue to stay in touch with them because that's the strongest that's like the biggest thing you can do for referrals is you're you're constantly reminding them that hey I'm your real estate agent. I'm your guy. Think of me when you think of real estate.
1: Well, you know, it, what I see is that it, it's hard, Corey, and you'll start seeing this after you've been in the business um, for a little while. And frankly, that this 30 to 40 age bracket of agents, we are all there are so many of my clients, former clients that know someone now other than me who is in real estate. So this year, out of all of my years in the business, I have had more clients work with, past clients work with other realtors. Oh, Oh, and you know what? No, at this phase, you know, it's, God bless you. Especially if it's with somebody whom I consider to be a competent agent. You know, (laughs) if you're working with a bozo, yes, you go serious (laughs) real estate with that one. But most of the people that I end up losing a client to um, the client will still call me and they're great. They're like, Jay, we love you, but we have known so-and-so for 20 years. I went to high school with her. She's great. And you know, do your thing, chicken wing. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am not at this phase. I get pissed when my friends buy through other people, yeah. but other than that's that, that's heart wrenching, but I will tell you, Corey, I have one of the most fun client contact programs out there. We do, um, Steve and I used to have a a very big, very fun house. Uh, When he got his job uh, down in D.C., we sold the big house and moved into a really little one uh, because it's just me up here. But what we would do is four times a year, we would have themed parties and we would would put it out to the whole client list. And the first 200 people that responded got in. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. We always sold them out and we always – Dude, our parties were epic. Now, our house, literally, our house was designed for parties. Our our great room was 30 wide by 40 long, okay? Jeez. It was bigger than my, my current house, Was is the same size as my living room was. My
0: Lord. Apartment.
1: It was huge. Vaulted ceilings. They were 20, 15 foot tall. Is that a size they were? They were 12 feet on the sidewall. Yeah, in the middle. No, it was more than 15. They were like 20 foot, okay? sorry 20, 20, let's say 20 foot ceilings in the middle huge double-sided fireplace down the middle it was like 70s pimp
0: pad my oh dude. my god tell me it would make my day if you told me you had the sunken living room like the couch and the floor
1: we called it the porn pit because <laughs> was this pit two stairs down ringed with benches
0: oh so my
1: god custom orange uh orange uh fabric that was original <laughs> from 1978 benches all around it dude we used to come we used to like turn all the lights off at night gas fireplace double sided shoot it on and we would just sit with all of our friends around the fireplace drinking bourbon having a great old time it was like it was amazing okay? that's that hilarious so and people you'll find with your clients if you invite them to your house Rather than a, a, a generic facility for a party, they're like, oh, my God, I want to go to my realtor's house because they uh-huh. all think we live like pimps. OK, they right. literally all think that our houses are stunning. And I'm not I'm, mine. No, our house, our house was a work in progress. It hadn't been touched since 1978 when it was built. I didn't care. I still wanted to have people over. So four times a year we had theme parties. I think our best one was our murder mysteries. Like we would bring in a, a troop from little falls they'd come in and they dress all up in like 20s era get up and our clients would do the same thing and we we'd kind of walk around somebody'd get shot there'd be a story there'd be this there'd be food there'd be drama it's amazing dude i threw epic epic parties okay so it's
0: client parties is client the way parties. you stayed in touch with everybody
1: i do a once a month vip dinner so Ooh. every single month my top eight eight to 12, I should say, Um, referral sources, we go out to a fancy dinner. And all I'm doing there is just staying connected, thanking them. So a, a lot, you'll find a lot of realtors spend their money on Zillow, or, you know, getting these these tiger leads and shit like that. I don't spend any money on the front end of things. Um, I don't do Zillow. I've never done Zillow. Same. I don't pay for leads. I don't you know do any of that. I spend more money nurturing my relationships with my clients. So like our next party is in January. It's at our local, I don't know if you have pins out there, but it's a, it's basically a a flashy bowling alley. Oh. And so we got, they're like going to throw, they got ax throwing, they got bowling, we got food, yes. we got arcade. So it's basically... First 150 people that that sign up, we just sent the invites out, or actually they're they're going to be mailed after the first of the year. So January we're gonna have 150 of my favorite clients. We sent out invites to 300 of them, and just said, "Hey, come party with us." So Corey, that's what I tell people is my secret is not a secret. It's personal contact all the time. Okay. Right. I do the five, five, five every morning. And you could ask in Caroline, I, I'm a very structured human being. Um, and it's five social media posts, liking or commenting on someone doing something cool. Five happy birthday videos. So we Ooh, don't
0: videos. Wish- yes, we don't. Just I started birthday. doing that to only close friends, not everybody.
1: Yes, it's very smart to do because everybody wishes people happy birthday. How many people do it in the video? No one. <laughs> No one. And then five handwritten cards to a hmm. client's home. So I do that every single day. Um, I shouldn't say that four days a week, <laughs> supposed to be five days. I don't, <clears throat> I do that. I do the 12 month, 12, once a month VIP dinners and four a year client parties. And it, it does. That is my advertising budget for the yeah. year.
0: And none spent on Zillow. Zero. You know, yeah. Same. I, I am proud to say that I've never spent a money on a Zillow lead. Yeah. I am just, uh, I, I don't do anything that grandiose. I just do like handwritten cards. I like the five, five, five. I've never heard of, heard of that. What? Where did you learn that? Triple play. Oh, triple play.
1: I went to the triple play conference and there was an, there was a, a real estate coach there. I forget what her name was, but she was absolutely fabulous. She gave me the idea. I do a, I do an offer cover sheet. On all of my offers, yep. gives the agent the, the full offer the on details. one page so they don't have to scroll through the whole offer. Yep. She gave me that idea, and she gave me the idea to do the five five fives, and she called them something else because she does like eight social media posts for this and two of that. And I was just wow. like, my pea brain five 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 works.
0: five five five.
1: So I I tell real estate agents like I, I coach real estate agents. I tell them, listen. Go to these conferences. People do not spend enough time, energy, and money on conferences. Every single time I go, I get at least one thing that I can take back and say, hey, it is clearly increased my business by at least one sale, thus paying for the entire conference. Yep. So, but no, I do those things. I don't spend any money, like I said, in the front end. I do um, mildly boost most of my social media posts, so I'll throw ten to twenty bucks up to about two hundred and forty bucks a month behind yeah. social media boosting, but mm-hmm. that is my advertising cost consists of my photographer, my videographer, if I have staging and I need to do movers, and then my um my social media boosting. I don't again pay for leads, I don't um like I said zillow truly uh any of those paid programs I don't do. I make up for it on the back end. Um, I do spend on average, you know, what most realtors in my market in, in the area at my production are spending.
0: Right, um, right. It's just not going, so, going to different avenues.
1: It's just going to different avenues. You know, you will, you'll right. always spend a certain chunk of your of your GCI on on growing your GCI, and it doesn't bother me because we are small business owners. Um, yeah. As long as you can justify, so I throw a client party. This this latest party's costing me 3 grand. Well, if I get my average commission's $4300, if I get one sale out of this party, pays for it. It pays for it and then some. And yep. you know with 150 of your favorite people in a room and you being Corey, this magnanimous, fun-loving, you know, little imp running around like a crazy man,
0: right? Hey man, imp? Why can't I be like the giant? You can be totally the giant. I'm calling you again. A five
1: just, six. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So you're, okay. I keep thinking you're. I'm five seven. We're both Ibs, Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you're this fun little guy running around. Same thing with me. The whole night I'll be running around, shaking, shaking hands, holding babies, doing all the things, and you know, badly bowling, even more badly throwing axes. Like, dude, I mean, shit. I, I like bowling. I am like a, a sixty to seventy, you know, score a bowler. <laughs> think. So I'll embarrass myself self-deprecating humor. I'll thank everybody for being amazing. If I don't get at least five new referrals out of that, I mean, I'll, I'll eat my shorts. So, you know, I will.
0: That's, that is awesome. And that's just to your entire sphere that you've worked with for the past 15 years now.
1: So I don't, it's funny. I will, I actually do call my lists. I don't keep I don't have a list of, of 3000 clients. I look at the ones there. So like I said, some that have fallen off because they bought from other realtors. There are some, my contact list is only 1800 people strong yeah. because every year I look and say, Hey, eh, you know what? I don't like that person anymore. Eh, I don't talk to that person anymore. Yeah. So I'll keep it to a, a smaller list of people only because I don't want, like, again, some of the biggest agents in our area, they're sending out 10,000 postcards at christmas oh, yeah, i don't want to do that yeah. i want to send out 1800 yeah and keep it simple to the ones that actually care
0: yeah right well i mean <clears> the <throat> interesting thing is it's each like real estate there's not there is definitely a right way like right there's a legal way to do real estate but everybody does their business a little different like there's really successful agents in my market that spend zero time on social media they yeah. have no social media footprint None. and they're In the top twenty-five every year, absolutely. That is one of the
1: best parts about real estate, and really most businesses nowadays. Real estate: there are so many ways for you to skin the cat, and there are no. I tell people there are no rights or wrongs, really, outside of wrong
0: being legalities,
1: not find not following the code of ethics. Okay, right, exactly. So, I mean, yes, there is a wrong, but there's no right or wrong to running your business, and that's why I get I. Because I, I do a lot of teaching at our board level, um, I, I get a lot of people that will call me and say, Jay, this <laughs> son of a bitch did this, 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 this to me. And, and, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're legit. If, if what the agent that is talking to me is saying is true, the other agent really is kind of being a, a douche noggle to them. Okay. And <laughs> I never understand why you would even bother with that in the business. When I go, we, I go into competitive listing situations all the time. And I will always ask, you know, who am I up against? Because I want to know. And if they'll tell me, great. If not, you know, I'll say, well, let me show you how I work a little bit differently and why I feel that may net you a higher sale price. And I'll go on about how I work differently and how that's going to help them. I will never bash another realtor. I think people that do that are just stupid. Because for sure. In our market, I know, like yours, it always gets back to the other realtor. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know Paul Sacco, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a top agent in our office. He is a, a definitely a fire brandy kind of personality. He'll come in, he'll sit. I have a I have a little uh, beanbag chair in my office. He'll sit in my beanbag chair, and he'll go. You would not believe the shit that so and so and so and so said about me at this listing presentation. He goes, do they not expect that we're going to find out everything that they've said?
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. Probably. But See, I, I just I- had my I had uh, two weeks ago, no, three weeks ago now, I had my first listing presentation that I knew I was going up against other people she said, we're just doing the right thing. We want to interview, you know, three yep. agents and get different opinions. And I should have asked them who I was against. Yeah. oh, wait, should they have. tell you. They might not that tell way you. I could have differentiated myself rather then, than me being like, I don't know. Here's what I do.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, but that's where, like I said, I think it's critical. Even if I don't find out who they are, my tact, my track is to always say, well, let me show you how I work a little bit differently and why I think that might net you a higher sale price. Fundamentally. You know, realtors, yes, I agree. A trained monkey can sell real estate. You can put a sign in the ground in this market and sell a home, right? But some of us are really fabulously trained monkeys. And we are going to increase your sale price decrease the amount of time on market, and decrease the amount of stress to you as you get through the closing process. And that is where I feel like you know we can differentiate ourselves. I always tell my clients, my biggest differentiator is that every single picture, every single video, every single piece of media, oh yeah, and every single word that comes out about your listing. Is going to showcase that listing in its best possible light. And what I'll do is I'll show people examples of other agents listing photos and other agents listing descriptions. And this is where I feel like I, I do a lot of training on descriptions because nowadays, hey, if everybody's using professional photographers, right, the the, the right. image itself is is good. Just Maybe right. the content of the image is not quite as good as it would be with me because I'm going to make that person paint that wall, and we're going to remove those pillows, and I'm going to bring in some more pillows. I'm going to bring in some funky artwork, bring in some curtains. It's going <laughs> to look a little sexier, right? But it's not going to be a massive difference anymore because everybody's using a professional. So right. that is now – let's say they're at near parity as far as photography is concerned. But then you read the description and it's large 3BR, 2BA ranch in desirable yeah. location with FPLLR living room. And yeah. you know, And I'm like, okay. And then you read my description and it's like, okay, we're all stuck in our houses on COVID quarantine. This house has two staircases so that when your wife is chasing you around with a knife, it's going to be easier for you to escape. Right, dude? <laughs> it's stuff like, hey, let's tell a story. Let's, yeah. let's create a lifestyle. And that's where I think uh, the industry as far as marketing and whatnot really needs to head next is your your best listing descriptions are now drawing people in, you know. And I, I feel bad for poor Caroline because she gets calls from our EO every time I list a house. And yeah. Our EO, is, she's delightful, but she's just like, can you please tell Jay he needs to tweak his description because he's talking. Like one of them I said – I think I described the house as a unicorn and it's like, oh yeah, know those those pretty ponies that this gay realtor played with during his entire childhood. And poor Ann called up Caroline. She's like, can we please take out the part about the gay realtor playing with unicorns when he was young? You know, tell us to describe the damn house, not talk about his youth playing with ponies with, with spikes on their face, on their hands. That's hilarious. I know, dude, I know I drive everybody crazy. But this
0: is going back to why so many people like you, Jay, is because you're a glowing ball of light. Right? I'm a
1: glowing ball of light. Exactly. But I think that's critical now is, again, you have to, your listings have to stand out. And you can do pretty pictures. You can do beautiful staging. Now let's add on beautiful words describing them.
0: Um, yeah, I got to yeah. get better at my descriptions. It's always the hard part. I get everything set. I save the description for last. I sit in front of my computer and then I have my brain fart. Yeah. And then I try to, I try to work through it. It's the hardest part about a listing.
1: It absolutely is. One of my, uh, one of my uh, former buyer's agents. So amazing. Amazing. She has her own team, top 10 in our market. Now she's utterly phenomenal. She used to call me and she'd be like, Jay, um, you just got to look and, and God rest her soul. Palin Juan. Like, look at her old listing. She would go through her old listings and steal her language. She goes, because she knew how to write a description. And she goes, I always feel so bad. I said, never feel bad. You know, I'm like, imitation is the highest form of flattery. I love it when people steal the wording. She still, she'll still put in her listing. Like, if it's got a gas stove and it's a hot gas stove, she got this from Palin. And it was like, chef preferred gas stove. So she uses that that phrase all the time. And it. she says it. her listing descriptions, because she is a very uh, linear thinker, so yeah. she's never a flowery personality. So she would go online and look up best listing descriptions, best this and that, and she'd steal from everybody else and put together – uh, put together phrases that that worked and sounded a hell of a lot sexier than you know new cabinets in new maple cabinetry in kitchen who who gives yep. a
0: frick you know that's what that's when uh, I got into retail. I was doing that from all the different managers I was working with i I liked how dwight was really good with customers. I liked how Judy was great with h r I love that Will was so good with merchandising and you try to like imitate those, those parts of them. And you can even do that in real estate too. By You know, I like how Jay presents his properties online. I like how Donna has like this book of referrals. Like I like how this person has this and you can take all these little things and make it your own.
1: Corey, nothing I do is new. Okay. You guys, um, I think Gaetano Balmonte works in your market now, right? He's without time. Okay. Going to tell you right now. I stole all of my initial <laughs> marketing stuff from him. Yeah. Because I looked and I was like, wow, his pictures are beautiful from up to Gaetano. How'd you do it? I used a pro. Okay. I stole his his he used to make these beautiful brochures, and I couldn't afford to do what he was doing because he was sending them out to a print shop and he was getting beautiful trifold thing. Well, and, you know, I I went and I learned Adobe Illustrator and I was pumping out my sort of kind of maybe Gaetano Belmonte ish (laughs) looking brochures. I completely stole his stuff. And he, he was the one who told me, Jay imitation is the highest form of flattery. Boom. You know, I, I looked at John Brown, who is the biggest, he is the, he is the biggest agent in our area has been for 30 years. And I said, my God, the man is a master networker. And I said, okay, I have to get out into the community more because that's his thing. His he is in he has his hand in everything. Yeah. And I said, Well, there you go. So I imitated him for that. The only thing I can tell you that I thought of in my head and said, Hell, this might be a Jay Grow thing was making sure the description told a story. I know <laughs> it wasn't it's not new. I probably learned it at triple play. Okay. Yeah. But honestly, that was my thing. I brought that to the Mohawk Valley and I could say, Hey. Yeah, I'm the crazy description guy. But one of my agents at the at Howard Hanna, Jared Miller, rising star within Howard Hanna. OK, he's he's if you look at his descriptions, he's like, Jay, I'm basically copying your model, your model. He's like, I'm taking it. I'm making it interesting. He just wrote one that was Dr. Seussian. Like it was it was fabulous. All and right. Yeah. So he's I, I love this. I love, like, Corey, one of the most exciting things for me is the coaching, is the teaching, is is watching the rising tide raise all of the ships. I love that I can say that, hey, because I was as successful as I was early on in my career, and I share everything. I don't keep anything a secret about my business, okay? I share everything, and I have seen other agents throughout my 15 years not imitate either. what I do and watches okay. their careers soar i have five four five of the top ten realtors in our market were agents of mine at one point
0: wow that's awesome
1: i mean it's it is fan fucking fantastic to see <laughs> these people killing i mean they're they're killing me they're, right. they're like double my production and i tell people it's gotta
0: be wonderful to see
1: No, it is it is the most fantastic feeling in the world and people people are very i tend to find them very like closed-minded, they're like, Jay, doesn't that bother you that you're old? Yeah. No, it doesn't bother me that my old agents are killing it in this business. I love it. I love to see it. Does it bother me that these agents that I coach and that I teach are are comparable to me in production? That's what you want. That's what you (laughs) want. There's enough of the damn pie for everyone. I don't know why people get so hot and bothered by... By other agents having success, like when I saw that you did over six million this year, you should have seen us in our office. We <laughs> were having a, a baby party in our office you posted your numbers because we all want you to succeed.
0: Like, yeah, that's why if, you guys are awesome.
1: Oh that's yeah, why that's why I is, like our It is such a great. Well, and and to be honest, it's it's not like that everywhere.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. I don't
1: I don't ever want to you know be that guy that's that's. Ra rah, rah.
0: No, I definitely review, feel review, very, uh, very fortunate.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it, it matters where you are. And what I tend to find is that in, in our office, we have, our office is is very interestingly stratified, stratified Corey. There is like the, the group of agents that are like 60 to 70. There's a group of agents that are like 30 to 40. And then there's a group of agents who are like 20 to 30. Okay. And we're all literally in that same, those brackets. And it's just amazing how even generationally, the support network is is there. And I think that's critical to the success of a real estate agent. It's why I believe so strongly that everyone should be coached. Um, I I do not believe that a real estate agent should be doing it on their own. I have a coach. I coach agents. And I genuinely believe that having that person there to say, i sure you want to do that? And Why aren't you doing this? And did you do your contacts for the week? Yeah. You know, having that accountability. Check check up on you. Oh, yeah. So I believe that most agents should have a coach. I believe that most brokers should have a coach, too. I mean, how many brokers do you know? They might have been good real estate agents, but are they good leaders? It's true. So,
0: Jay, thank you for doing the podcast. This This has been a lot of fun, man.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute blast.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.